So first of all, Amber. Yes, my goodness. Um, Pickle just plopped herself down on my couch in the middle of our uh, <laughs> silent time. So It was, your, but it was think, your dog's turn. Yeah, my dog's turn. Um, hi, Amber. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Well, hello there, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Yay. Um. <laughs> oh, we are off to a good start. Good start. A strong okay. silence. Okay. Well, I was wondering if you were going to leave that part in about pickles, so I wasn't sure if I should retur- uh, refer to it or not. Anyway, I'm leaving a pause so you can take that part out. Thank you. <laughs> but will I? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Amber. Um, so I was just talking about how we're both heroes today by turning off our air conditioning in order to do this podcast. We are heroes. I'm your hero. You're my hero. And everyone who gets to listen to us is heroed by us. We are the vigilantes of not having our AC running while podcasting in the middle of the summer. This podcast is going to be three minutes long. Get ready. Yeah, but it's going to be a really good three minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Amber, we watched... Equalizer 2. Uh-oh. Were we supposed to say that at the same time? Nope. Does that make good podcast? I never know if your pauses are for me or for you. Uh, Are they dramatic or are they an invitation? I don't know. It's a good question. Just in case no one heard it, what did did we watch again? Equalizer 2, Amber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely happened. Yeah, we watched Equalizer 1 last week, and we're (laughs) following up with Equalizer 2, also starring Denzel Washington be really weird if they replaced him now you might be asking what was not accomplished in equalizer one that they needed to needed to do in equalizer two was there unfinished business in equalizer Um, one yep i don't think there was i don't think there was i think he killed everyone yeah he killed most people last movie but um this movie it gets personal Yes, before it actually wasn't personal. As we noted, Mm -hmm. he didn't really have a good reason for helping that one person to completion the way that he did. Mm -mm. But this time, his one true friend in the world, the only person who actually knows that he is still alive. Yep. Uh, It's uh, Melissa Leo plays Susan Plummer. Last uh, movie, she and... So Bill Pullman is her husband, and she's the, like... Mm, CIA, CIA, whatever person that Denzel goes to in order to find out some information about the bad guys last time. And in this movie, we find out that he's been using her as a person, as like a point person to do lots and lots of good deeds. He's finding kidnapped children. He's, um, I don't know, helping people get job interviews, whatever. <clears throat> That may have just been a random encounter, but who knows? Maybe that job interview was his good deed. He's he's a Lyft driver now. He is. And he uses that um, Lyft driving in order to kind of follow people's lives. He just seems to be listing in on people's lives and troubles and smiling or frowning, depending on what is going on in their lives. It's got a real touched by an angel vibe, which I say having no real idea of what touched by an angel is like. Uh, I used to watch it with my mom growing up. Um, and uh, it was delightful. It's got Della Reese in it. Come on. I mean, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, can't. But it did, yeah, it definitely had that, this wise, knowing, overly empowered man Mm-hmm. Just, yes. just getting a little ear on people's troubles and their woes. I often talk to myself in the back of a lift. 
Yes, indeed. and or have tearful conversations with my family members about happy and or tragic things. Yes, um, I want to get back to that, but I want to get to that when we discuss the whole movie or scenes in the movie. Um, right now, I'm just gonna uh, quick go through our the actual plot of the movie, which isn't a ton. Essentially, um, Denzel's become like a vigilante for uh, not exactly hire, but he kind of is just finding good deeds to do. He's using Melissa Leo as his um, person who gets information for him uh, through like the State Department. And he finds out that his old CIA buddies, after he was pronounced dead um, before the last movie, have become um, guns for hire. They've become like mercs to like just kill whoever is written down on a piece of paper apparently one of their marks um, which we see in the beginning of the movie um, they horribly kill this couple and Melissa Leo is then somehow called on the case and she starts to figure out who done it and so surprise surprise this is the one of the twist endings Amber her partner um decided to hire people to kill her because she was getting too close to the truth. Or she might get too close to the truth. Yeah, she wasn't even half close to the truth, but she might have gotten there eventually, apparently. She was pretty good. I, I will I will give her this. She was probably going to get there, so... Yeah. Had to, had to tie up that loose end. I guess so. I, I think she was close to figuring out it wasn't a murder-suicide. I'm not sure that she was anywhere close to figuring out who done it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she was there was all they were all about tying up loose ends. Um, so they um, they murdered her. And that's when Denzel realizes this is personal. Yep. His only friend has just been murdered. And it turns out by his other would have still been friend if he'd known he was alive, but isn't a friend anymore because he's reasons. I'm giving not Amber. Friends. I'm giving Amber a thumbs up now. She's doing a real good job. Real good job, Amber. <laughs> this is why you do the descriptions. <laughs> we so, both know this. So Pedro Pascal, um, who's also Oberon in Game of Thrones, uh, it plays Dave York, who is Denzel's old CIA buddy, who is now working with Melissa Leo to, um, I don't actually know what they do except that he figures out that she's going to figure out that he's a murderer. And so um, he murders her first. The end. The um, end. And there's a lot of like little things going on in this movie, like a lot of little good deeds that kind of are supposed to come together. But I think Amber, you define, you kind of, we were talking about the movie afterwards and you were calling them like little vignettes of do of good Samaritan goodness. Um, and they kind of try to bring them together, but it, it's a little bit, faulty in that bringing together um because there's also a side plot where um denzel tries to help a kid a local kid um get off the streets and uh get out of a gang and so he helps him do painting jobs yes he he, he engages his passion much like he did for the sex worker yes in in He's, the first one mm -hmm. like you're a singer be a singer you know you're you're not a gangbanger. You don't work the corners. You're, You're a painter, man. You're an artist. You know this. Yeah. Art and doesn't pay the bills, Megan. 
It's yeah. And this is Miles played by Ashton Sanders. So um, essentially that all that uh, that accomplishes is that Miles gets kind of embroiled and ends up in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the bad guys take him as a, a, a kidnap him so that um, they've got some advantage on Denzel. Um, this all happens the entire movie. We hear talk of the storm that's coming, Amber. There's a storm coming, Megan. Yes, there is. It's headed up the coast. It's he- Yeah. And so they just keep talking about this storm and one of the like one of the radio programs that's on in the back that you can barely hear, but I could read it because it was on closed captioning. The radio person literally said, yeah, it's a slow, slow coming storm, but it's going to get here soon. And that just kind of gave them an excuse why like the first week of this movie, they're talking about a storm coming up the coast. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the weather gets progressively worse as the conflict like the, the the main conflict approaches him just murdering the shit out of his mm-hmm. former team gone yep. mercenary. Yep. I'll take if, if you think Vin Diesel doesn't like Mercs. Oh man. <laughs> Denzel, not a fan. He is not a fan. Mm-mm. His one regret having to kill them, he only gets to do it once. Yeah, that is what he said. Um and it all takes place in the middle of the storm on a beachy island in Denzel's old house before he was murdered. Um, So they get the whole town to themselves to um, create chaos. During the storm. Mm -hmm. So you can't really see the chaos. Yep. It's very windy and wet. Yep. Yeah. Um, And that's, yeah. And then he murderates them and then it's um, him standing on his beach house front porch and a zoom back is the end of the movie. Yep, he's uh, he's gone home. He's gone home. It's time to go home. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's the kind of the rough summation of the movie. Let's take a moment, Amber. Follow me over here into the critics' corner. Do you, like, do you want me to actually physically get now get you, up? No, please don't. That's just a lot of. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Yeah, and like the Audio. air is off. Like that's yeah. just going to be a mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, readjusting like, oh, the microphone. I'm I'm going to the critics' corner now. Hey, nice improv, Amber. Thank you. So, Rotten Tomatoes has this movie at fifty percent for the critics, and the audience score is sixty-one percent. Metacritic has this at fifty percent uh, for critic aggregate and sixty-six on the users. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree. What? For, like, one of the first times, I'm not actually going to disagree with most of the, what the critics say. Oh, pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, they all praise Denzel because Denzel's a joy to watch. And the issue with the movie is it's um, clunky, overprocessed, um, ridiculous, etc. It's not ridiculous enough. That's my problem. That is, yeah, and actually that is true. That That is one of the problems with this movie. Trying to do things and feel things and say things. I am not against that. Mm-hmm. But you sold me on the premise of vigilante justice to an extreme. Just a loving, I'm going to do this right, murder the shit out of you because I've decided it's okay. And also, I just need a good night's sleep. I just want to sleep, man. Action movie. And I loved it. I loved yes. it so much. And... I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel that same 
get out of bed and go murder in the morning joy in this. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And I think that um, a lot of the critics have it right that it's just, it's they try to do too much with a clunky plot twistiness that really doesn't do anything for us in the first half of the movie, especially. There were some good action scenes. Yes. And, I, and I'm not saying that I want endless amounts of gore, but there was definitely nothing that could compare to the home store scene. Yes. So in let's, the first movie. Uh, we're going to move on um, out of the critics corner and into our favorite scenes and such. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes. Um, I was going to say that the running time of this movie is 120 minutes and it, it, it feels a little bit, they could have taken a good half hour out of this movie. Yes, they could have. They try to kind of replicate that home store, um, Rube Goldberg um, booby trap thing by having Denzel come back to kind of his home town and like set up things at his old house and shed and his wife's old bakery. Yes, he, he lures them. He lures them to his island. Yes. In the middle of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. To have their final confrontation. And then, yes, he he uses the home ground advantage to spear gun a guy at the face, blow another guy up with flour. It yes. was flour, Megan. Okay, yes, it was flour, Amber. It was I... flour. You, you made me feel so stupid. I'm like, oh, cutting up those bags of flour, eh? And you're like, no, that's sugar, Amber. I'm like, oh, I guess like it sugar. is sugar. I guess the way I... it was pouring out, it looked like sugar. And that's the problem. You made me doubt myself. You know how suggestible I am. As soon as you said that sugar, I immediately apologized and said, oh, man, I should have known that. And then two seconds later, we switch back to it. Clearly, there's flour it's all over the floor. Flour. Clearly well, flour is, and does flour, it, does sugar explode or does flour explode, Megan? I didn't realize that there's a thing called a dust explosion. And yes, flour explodes. And I, I feel um, regretful. I feel sorry. I feel um, just like I belittled you and really I'm the small one. I mean... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel vindicated. I feel belligerent. I feel victorious. Good. I think that all tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so another guy gets eviscerated with a flower explosion. Yep. Apparently he, um, the flower explosion was set off by his own stun grenade that yeah. Denzel threw back at him. Clever. Hell yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he does not die immediately. He gets blown out of the building. And he just has this gaping cavern where his intestines yeah. should have been. Yeah, rough. Um, th- this whole scene at the end on the island in the storm is a little bit, it's a little bit frustrating because the Home Depot, home, sorry, Home Mart scene at the end of Equalizer 1 was very, like, you could, they, they did it super well. Like, you could see that he was starting to set up something and then you saw the end of the setup when a bad guy tripped the booby trap. But in this one, there's just so much storming and sound and wind and rain. It made it very hard to see most of what was going on in this final scene, which was too bad. It was a bit more chaotic than we're yeah. used to. Yep. Um, which, again, I, <laughs> I believe as Denzel was tricking his way onto the island as it was being evacuated, mm-hmm. you... 
took a dramatic pause. Yes. Said, I want to make sure I get this right. Hey, Amber, do you think Denzel's the storm? <laughs> Has Denzel been the storm the weatherman was warning about this whole time? Oh, Is it a metaphor? Is he the eye of his own storm? Yes. I'm going to answer myself a low 40 minutes later and say, yes, yes, he was. I think he answered that question by killing those four people just terribly. In the just peak of the storm. In exactly. the peak of the storm, in in the the slowest way possible. As as you noted, in the first one, he never used a gun. I he don't even didn't. think we saw him pick a gun up. No, I think he only picked one up to um, like take it apart. Yes, or hit somebody with it as a yes. blunt force instrument. Mm -hmm. And this one, he does have a gun on him periodically. And he does pull it out sometimes. And he did brandish them a couple of times. Yeah. But he still does not use guns. And I thought, yeah. you know, I, I have all of these theories. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, go <laughs> on, In please. the first movie, I'm thinking, okay, guns, bullets, those things keep traveling. You know, mm -hmm. he's he's definitely, he understands he's not a good dude. He understands that, like, killing isn't necessarily a good thing. But he's, there's a repentance aspect to it. There's a sure. penitence aspect to it. So yep. if he wants to kill somebody, he wants to kill the somebody he intends to kill. And bullets are unpredictable, man. Even if you're really, really good, those motherfuckers can just keep rolling. Mm -hmm. So you use spear guns and nail guns and knives and <laughs> explosives after you make sure that the only people coming into the room are the people you intend to explode. Yep. But mm -hmm. Go on. this island has been evacuated. We yes. know for a fact that there is just oh. him and those four guys that he has promised to kill once. Yep. And he's sad about the once. Yeah. So the most efficient way to kill them would be to just snipe them out or use a gun or pick up their gun and use that. Instead, he uses a fucking spear gun, a flower explosion and their own. It's it is the MacGyver of murder. And then this other the, this guy is wearing, of course, you noted a military vest. So maybe that's why he's he's not relying on bullets. They can take a lot of, ha of damage. Apparently, they do not resist slashing and stabbing damage super well yes, as he takes not. these like two two inch blades, double fists them and just carves him up and leaves him to bleed out. Yep. He wants to hurt them in the DIY way. Yes. And and as one of them noted, which I couldn't see because the, the, the filming of this is fairly dark and, and chaotic. But um, one of the um, Mercs notes that as this friend is bleeding out and dying and there's pictures of susan everywhere yes which, when did he stop and print out all those fucking pictures no so oh. he printed up friends uh pictures of his friend melissa leo and just stuck them up all outside and like in town i guess it's so fucking good it's so it's very dexter it's very dexter i mean that's that that's why he doesn't use guns they're too easy they're too quick mm -hmm. they're too impersonal he wants to put his own flair on it he wants you to know that you yes. have the military vest and the scopes and the automatic weapons and the numbers and he's got some fucking flower and your own flash grenade and you're still gonna die horribly yep when he promises when denzel promises to kill his former um buddies he actually he's confronted pedro at his home because he wants to make sure that he's right that his buddies are bad guys and so pedro's whole family is there and so he uses pedro's family as an escape method because he threatens them all promises to kill them 
um, apologizes that he can only kill them once. And then he gets a ride with Pedro's wife uh, and children. So that like <laughs> smiling the whole time, like holding one of Pedro's little baby girls and like, anyway, I'm going to kill your father. Bye, everybody. And he actually he actually uses finger guns as he's leaving. So, of course, the he wife does. and kids can't hear the things he's saying to them. Other than they're like, oh, I can catch a ride with you, right? That's great. I'll be seeing you guys. And then he just finger guns. All yeah, it's, it's the most smiling we see from Denzel in this entire movie. Oh, yeah, he's happy. He's great. He's yeah. absolutely thrilled. Yes. Well, is, he does have some good smiley moments with, with the kid Miles. He does. That's true. He does enjoy his time there. But I... I do think that there was, it lacked some, the, the level of sincerity you see in his, I'm a gonna kill you smile. Yep. It's it's just pure joy. He's thinking about the nap he can have later after those murders. <coughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is that, so Denzel's running this lift and it seems like he's kind of paying attention to these um, passengers. Oh, cause, because one of the things he does is he... Um, takes a woman to the hospital who's clearly had some very terrible sexual violence done to her. And he then goes and, you know, gets the people who did that. Um, so we know that he's kind of doing vigilante justice based on his lift rides. But we definitely heard a um, somebody who was um, practicing for interview job interview they were having. We definitely heard somebody say that she'd gotten into college and um, we were joking that Denzel also followed the uh, person who was interviewing up to their job. And if they weren't off of the job, he like took the boss by the lapel and was like, you will give this person their job. Vigilante justice for all, no matter how small. Everyone gets one when they ride in Denzel's lift. Exactly. You didn't get into college. It goes up to the uh, to the goes up to the admissions office and just beats everybody up until they let her into school. I mean, of course, you get in that lift, then you you will be touched by not an angel. I a guess the, the equalizer. You'll be touched by the equalizer. Yeah, exactly right. He'll give you the help you need, maybe not the help you want. Mm, very true. But you should uh, want it. You should. Well, yeah, I I do oh. enjoy the scene where he takes out those like the broiest freaking white dudes. Yes, you can possibly imagine. They there was like it's just. Ugh. It felt good. It felt good to see mm-hmm. their smug, frat boy faces. Because they even alluded to the fact that they had jobs because their family was rich and, um, they just horribly assaulted the intern and then like had videoed it because they were going to be even worse monsters by i don't know doing what blackmailing or putting her up for embarrassment anyway whatever and he just yeah doesn't kill him he doesn't. really really hurts them yeah he does it's great i'm not gonna apologize for thinking that's great nope violence fair. isn't the answer okay <laughs> it's an answer it's an answer Especially. Much more satisfying than a long, drawn-out court battle, which involves their parents' money and the woman's reputation. And yeah, no, actually, I will take this. I will mm-hmm. take this. Mm-hmm. At least fantasy styles. Yeah, at least on in the movies. They, he also um, he also asked them to give him a five star review on Lyft. So 
Yes. Which they do. Which they do. He gets back into his car after beating them. And those five stars pop up. Yep, exactly right. See, that's that's what was missing yeah. for a lot of it for me. You know, you have... The beginning was fine. Like, it was solid. You know, you have the, the opening scene where he's clearly now kind of doing his abroad vigilante save the kid thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have his lift saving the stranger thing. And then, you know, you move into the larger story of the film where it becomes yep. personal and that's kind of where it loses me. Yeah. Kind of the it's first 15 ungood. minutes and then like the last 45 minutes are fun. And kind yeah. of the, that middle bit gets a little laggy with again, um, these kind of artsy loving shots on Denzel looking at Melissa Leo's phone and just, scenes that could definitely definitely be cut out because they kind of mean nothing they do and i love watching denzel do anything it's it's that old you know a, the right actor can do read the yes. phone book and it's but this is the equalizer man i want to watch him do yeah. action things yeah. and and still be like silly and be like personable and smiling and then kind of robotic and then he still does a really good job of that but uh, watch another movie doing dramatic stuff where it's a better movie with better writing and yeah, yeah, a different exactly. kind of story where that's, you know? Yeah. The, I mean, they didn't need to dwell on the fact that it was personal. I mean, like, they just kind of dwell on it forever. The, mm-hmm. the story behind why it's personal. Yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. They're friends and he they killed her, his friend, so, you know. But Megan, she was his only friend. Yes. But Megan, she knew his wife. But Megan, it was his, his wife's birthday. I know. But Megan, it's, it was time for him to go home. Have you been mm-hmm. home yet? You used to go to the beach. All things said in the movie. We actually um, joked at one point that they must have just watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, because at some point they just, there was a whole block in there that they said the same line four or six times. It was, it was a lot. Oh, oh, I was just, I just remembered the other good scene was also a lift scene. The one where the guy is sent to kill him. Yes. And he figures out that the guy was sent to kill him. It's it's great. It, and again, that one's delightfully subtle until he says, I guess you don't go to the airport that often. We've been heading in the wrong direction for a while now. Mm-hmm. We got it. You showed us the signs that he had turned off and away from the airport. It's okay. But it's great. He's mm-hmm. in the back with a knife. He's trying to stab him. Megan. <laughs> Megan's response was, I do like car hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> as Denzel starts swerving the car around to avoid being stabbed while also managing to fend him off and attack him and then fend off a gun and then eventually he's like fuck this shit shoots him in the face with his own gun which ooh, yep. he does use a gun he does that is the one time I think he, he got very gun, frustrated at having to use the gun because he shoots him in the face about five times and then yeah. he has to torch his car which is sad he seems yeah. pretty annoyed yeah it's kind of like in bad omens with david Tennant has to um when his car explodes it's very sad very attached to that car did you just compare a chevy malibu to a hundred year old bentley (laughs) no the other thing i wanted to talk about is the very end scene where finally denzel catches up to um pedro pascal pedro pascal for this whole fight scene at the very end in this beach town has been um, in a sniper position up on this tower. He has done zero for his um, buddies. Like he, he can't really see. It's windy and rainy. So he can't like the, the his trajectory and aim is off. 
And he does nothing but order his buddies to go get murdered inside houses. But Denzel then creeps up on him, gets on the tower. They have a fist fight. And at some point, right before uh, Pedro, of course, goes flying off of the tower, Denzel definitely pokes him in his eye until his eye um, is all terrible. It's not there anymore. It's, it's, it's not there anymore. Absolutely. And uh, Oberon... Game of Thrones reference, for sure. And I think at that point, I was just, um, I was pumping my fist in the air saying, yes. Yes. <laughs> Kinnaman, oh, no, the eye. I think Not it's still the close. eye again. Yeah, this I, actor is doomed to have his eye poked oh, out. Oh, man. Poor Pedro. Amber, what would you rate this movie on our lovely rock rating scale? R is regrettable. O yes. is outstanding. I was going to say zero. That's not true. You're get, o, you might get it this time. Let's o see. O is outstanding. C is craze balls. And K is K. Unfortunately, it's K. Yeah. And I want to believe it's K on its own merits. I want to yeah. believe that I'm giving it a K not because of the hired expectations of the Equalizer 1, yeah. but because it just it didn't... It just didn't fill me with those thrills, chills, and spills. Yeah. And by spills, I mean I wet myself because I laugh too hard. That's always the sign of a really That's good the spills. movie. Yes, the spills is... The bladder spills. The spills, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that rating, Amber. <laughs> I would call this movie K. I'm not sorry I watched it. Um, no. I would, I would definitely, yeah, like you said, I would watch an Equalizer 3 or 4 Um because Denzel's still a lot of fun to watch, and I believe that they could do fun things. Yes, with this, I liked. I and liked they did the fun lift. Things. Yeah, like I liked the introduction of the lift concept. I liked the continued, you know, concept of him finding a youth to mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I yes. liked the fact that it was a young black man this time, and that you mm-hmm. introduce like even just the introduction of Ta-Nehisi Coates' book. Yes, into the film. Yep, the, the existence of that book and the fact that he thought he should read it. Yes. Awesome. Just yes. great. Um, yeah, I mean, you never go wrong with a Denzel film. There's always going to be touches in it that you wouldn't see if it was a different actor at the front of it. And yeah, I still enjoyed it. It was still a good movie. And I'm, I'm, it's just, it wasn't one of those like, oh God, what did he just do kind yep. of things. Yep. It wasn't the, the like me screaming, um, fuck yeah, at the end of Equalizer 1. Um, exactly. There yeah. were moments. There were, there were moments, moments of that. But it, we we had to earn them too hard, I think. Yeah. Yep. By having to kind of parse through an eh script and an eh plot. Yeah. But still still, still worth a watch, I would say. Yes. A guy gets a spear gun to the face. Mm-hmm. Another guy gets eviscerated by a flower bomb. Yeah. I, there's still a beautiful DIY MacGyver brilliance to the killings. Yep. Absolutely. Do I have an issue with gore? I don't think I like gore. I've never seen any of the Saw movies. I think I just like clever murder times. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... Yeah. I'm not I'm not overly fond of a lot of gore in my movies, but... Megan? Yes, Amber? I demand an happy story. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Thanks, Pickle. <laughs> so, just as, like... For folks who don't know us, I have a dog named Pickle. She's got a jingly jangly collar that you sometimes hear because she decides to jingle it right behind me in the microphone. 
I have a cat named Mercury. He's the 17-year-old cat who murdered a mouse, except he didn't murder it. And he likes to meow a bunch. And Amber? What? You have a dog. I do? Is that what that thing behind me is? I think so. I thought it was a dust bunny that had gained sentience. Mm, Yes. So in any case, we try to limit the amount of extra noise in the podcast, but some things are unavoidable. Animals are chaos. I love chaos. I love animals. I regret nothing. Exactly. So, Abby's story. Um, One of the walks that I took with Abby when we were in Virginia, Abby was in a stroller. We were walking down um, kind of the main street in the town we were in. And Abby, apropos of nothing, just says, Am I eating chicken today? (laughs) (laughs) She's got the hard-hitting questions. Just like she wasn't talking. She was just kind of like watching the scenes and stuff. It's very good. Is today a chicken day? Am I eating chicken today? It's just really important in this moment. Yep. To know, am I eating chicken today? Yep. Um, The other very good thing. Wait, 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 wait. Was she? She did not eat chicken that day. I offered her chicken because we were actually walking... um, we were going to the museum and then we were going to go to lunch and I had chicken on my salad and I offered it to her and she did not want chicken today. Agency. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. Yes. Um, the other one that I was thinking of because um, we were talking about, uh, we said uh, two earlier and you can do two Utah or um, there is a video of Abby at the grocery store and um my brother asks her if she's happy and she says, yes. And then he says, how happy? And then she thinks about it for a moment and she puts up three fingers and she says, two. It's a very famous video. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Three finger, two happy is pretty damn happy. It's very happy. It's very In true. case you didn't get that from the description, it was a supreme level of happiness. It's, so mm-hmm. the next time you are overjoyed, it's a three finger, two. Yeah, she was in the car plastic car thing at the grocery store she had bananas she had checks she was happy mm-hmm. she was she, very happy about the bananas and the checks yes and of course the car i mean when was the last time you could fit inside of one of those cars oh, man it's delightful excellent abby stories yes so recommendation today we are going to do an unprecedented co-recommendation so um we are missing one of our favorite things to do this week and that is play D with our friends yeah our friends are nerds yeah it's great it's fantastic and it's your fault actually you made them this way you I, made us this way i did i did demand it of you so this all started because i listened to the adventure zone which was on maximum fun it is the mcelroy brothers and their dad um, playing D&D with each other. Um, it is fantastic. It is super fun to listen to. I recommend it wholeheartedly. And I recommended it to my friends, so much so that um, they listened to it. And then we all decided to start playing D&D. Again, because you told the, probably the, the most storytellingly creative of us that he would make an excellent dungeon master. Yes. And then he went down a rabbit hole from which he has never returned. No, it's so true. 
Um, shout out to Michael. Hi, Michael. Michael's our DM. He is um, a creative joy of a person, and he has created now multiple worlds for us to live and play in, and he's allowed us to ruin things completely, and then he helps like sort them all out and make a better story out of it as we um, systematically tear apart his world. He's sewing it back together in our wake. I've never felt so supported mm-hmm. while being so di- just chaotically destructive. Yep, it's, it's, it's very true. Um, I, I get rewarded for doing the most bonkers thing I can think of. It's very true. It's the best. Yes. I love it so much. Yeah. And I was never a person who, like, D&D actually ends up being essentially storytelling within bounds with your friends. And it does require a bit of improvisation, uh, a little bit of acting, if you um, end up doing a lot of um, accents and voices. Hi, Allie. And um, so it, it's, I, I've never been that kind of performative person. And, but with all of us friends, it feels very safe and easy to do. And so we do it once a week. Mm-hmm. It was going to be maybe a couple times a month. Now it's just once a week. My brother, um, Dan, when we were first talking about it, he was kind of not into it. He was like, I'll try it. I mean, he wanted to try it. Um, and he's like, yeah, maybe like an hour or two every month. We, you know, I can set aside some time. He's the one who wants to do it every week. We end up going, you know, four hours. Um, and it's, yeah, it's delightful. That's all. And we bring it up because we didn't do it this week. We miss it. Um, so my recommendation is, well, you can't have Michael. Michael's ours and I will not share him. But think about doing D&D with your friends. It's super fun. Uh, think about listening to The Adventure Zone, uh, uh, Taz. It's fantastic. So those are our recommendations for today. I've never played D&D before, and I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do both of those things now. So I guess that means something. I apologize, Amber. Jingles? Oh, no, I just... You apologize for... uh... You apologize for for putting me in this position. Yes, exactly. Ambers don't like change. (laughs) Um, Amber, before we close up, I have one other announcement thing to talk about, which is we spent some time yesterday and we put together, finally, our Bad Movies Rock website, and we've started up our Twitter. Oh, yeah, we did do those things. We did. I tried really hard to forget about them, because I like to pretend this show exists in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. A bubble of just our friends. And we just scream into the void, and nothing will talk back at us, and no one will ever hear it, and I don't have to think about it again. Well, Amber, close your ears for this part. Um, We are now online at badmoviesrock.podbean.com. That is our website. And we are on Twitter at badmoviesrock, where we will be releasing our new shows to now. Are you done? I didn't. I didn't see you make the. Oh, sorry. Motion. Take your, yeah. Take off your. So, friends who are used to me emailing you this podcast, um, now you've got a website to go to. Hooray! We, Wait, I wasn't supposed to know about that. Yes. Damn it. We've also submitted to iTunes, and maybe we'll be on iTunes soon. 
Maybe. In theory, we also have an email. Oh, yeah. We're um, badmoviesrockpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions or complaints, suggestions? Send them there, I guess. Pictures. Oh, don't ask for pictures, Amber. No. (laughs) Bad. Bad idea. Just immediately filled with dicks. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) I feel like we done did this. We done did this. Amber, I would like to close in saying what I always say to you, which is, rock me like a hurricane. That was very on the nose. Yeah. Denzel rocked them like a hurricane. He did. He was the storm all, all along, Amber. It was him. He was the storm and the old man and the fish and... Possibly also Ta-Nehisi Coates? I don't know. I think he was everything, though. He was. We learned. We lived. We loved. Goodbye, Megan. Bye, Amber. Bye.